Okay, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, you know we have this thing on here called the Mental Health Army. Well, for the last few years, I've been featuring the best of the best of talent in the world of mental health, particularly as it pertains to our folks in our community. But you know we keep it pretty global and universal. And uh, this segment will be no different. I have some amazing guests on the line that I want to reintroduce you to. All of them have been here before, but one of them's here for the very first time. So uh, without further ado, before I bring everyone else in, I'm going to bring our special guest in. Y'all know this good brother. He's an amazing psychologist and administrator up in Northern California. He's the author of The Emotion, The Tree and Me, available in your stores and online right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. Dr. Moore, are you there? I am here and very uh, pleased to be here. Hello. Hello, Rome. Hello, everyone. Hey, man, it is so good to hear your voice. It's been a little minute, right? It has. It has, you know, but uh, I'm glad to be back and just working with uh, working with you and, and doing what we can for the people. Hey, I can't wait to hear all about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have this amazing announcement to talk about with the Mental Health Army and Dr. Chase Moore. So uh, I'm going to introduce the remaining guests on the line. And, you know, uh, we're excited to have them back. So this good sister is in Southern California by way of the Bay. <laughs> I got it in this time. Uh, she's a licensed clinical social worker. She's also the author of an amazing book about We Just Said No. Uh, how to combat uh, the, the perils of ADHD without medication. I know I didn't get that title right, but she's here and we'll definitely get into that again, as we always do. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Casey Phillips Brown. Ms. Brown, are you there? Hey there, Rome. Hey there, everyone else. So good to be here today. I'm ready to jump right in. Yes, absolutely. And this good brother is in Northern California. He's an amazing social worker. He's done some amazing work across the country, out of the country, South Africa to Minneapolis, all the way to California. This brother has worked with the youth and it is just an amazing talent to have here back with us. It's been a minute since he's been here, but I want to definitely welcome him back into the fold. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump Score, our good brother, Mr. Stephen Young. Mr. Young, are you there? Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be excited about the work and passionate about it. So. Hey man, it is so good to have your passion on board with this. Welcome back, Mr. Stephen Young, social worker out of Northern California. And before we bring in our first guest uh, that hasn't been here before, I'm gonna bring this good sister in. This good sister, y'all know this good sister. She's been here multiple times before. She always puts it down, breaks it down to its final compound. She's an amazing counselor up in Northern California. So ladies and gentlemen, also please welcome back the Psychotic Bump Score, our good sister, Miss Kyra Christian. Miss Christian, are you there? I'm here. Hey there, squad. Gang, gang, gang. Hey, gang, gang, gang. Let's, let's squad on up. How you doing, Kyra? Uh, I'm going to give you the honors to introduce our next guest who's here for the very first time. Can you tell us who you brought with us this time, Miss Kyra Christian? Yes, I brought a friend and a heavy hitter by way of Los Angeles, um, now up in Northern California, oh. Sacramento. So I would like to introduce the homie, Flynn. Flynn Oshun, are you there? Hi, everyone. Yes, um, I'm happy to be here. My name's Flynn Oshun, and originally from Compton, California, I'm always representing my hometown, and I'm all about I'm all about healing for the culture. Okay, you're in the right spot. Welcome aboard, Flynn. Well, that's quite a lineup. Stephen Young, Kyra Krister, Flynn Oshun. Casey Phillips Brown and our inimitable good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. Well, we're all here for a 
uh, particular purpose, uh, Dr. Chase Moore, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you got going on up in the upper northern region of California? Um, Dr. Chase Moore has an amazing opportunity that has, he's been able to bestow upon uh, the participants on this call. So, Dr. Chase Moore, can you talk to us a little bit about what the latest is in Northern California and this amazing opportunity that you could share with us? What can you tell us, good brother? Go ahead and unmute yourself. Yeah, no, uh, I'm just excited because it's an opportunity for us as mental health professionals, melanated mental health professionals, but overall just mental health professionals to help out community college, to help out uh, people who are really taking a chance and going after their life goals. Uh, you know, the community college uh, system is designed for the community. People who want to uh, make actual changes in their lives. Sometimes uh, people are being reskilled because they're, you know, coming into a second career. Sometimes people are, uh, this is their first venture in the college. So um, they're learning the skills uh, to go on maybe to a university. Many times students are going for a career in technical advancement. So you have uh, really, it is a microcosm for life, uh, a microcosm for America. And we have an opportunity to support them with their, their overall wellness and mental health. And I'm excited that we, we get to do it as a unit, as a team. Um, and I think that has greater representation too, uh, as a culture, when we work together as a, as some form of a, a mental health army, really to support, uh, these students who are making some great changes in their life. Oh, at such a critical stage of their lives as well. So before I turn it over to the other panelists, Chase, come on back in. Uh, can you give us one or two things that uh, maybe constitute some common challenges that they're facing right now? Uh, you've been in that system for a little bit longer than some of us have. So what are a couple of things that you're seeing that constitutes or one of, one of the more pressing priority needs? Well, you know what I would have to say, um, dealing with uh, historical challenges, historical trauma, Many times, you know, we and this is may not be so unique to the community college, but uh, when we are in a period of transition, uh, things can get really hard because that is when, you know, life attacks, you know, or depending on your culture, they say the enemy attacks or whatever it may be. But it's a really vulnerable time because we are in a period of transition. And so um, I really, you know, like the opportunities to support people when they're gaining their balance, gaining their strength. So um, people trying to find out who they are and they're at a place where they're becoming. And so they may mm -hmm. feel vulnerable or dealing with old historical wounds. Oh, yes. Talk to us so, about yes. that. Yes. And then uh, also just really dealing with um, new environments, learning how to uh, communicate in, uh, with different types of people or different organizations. And then uh, for, for many of us, it's the break between maybe the environment that you came from and you used to know, and now you have new friends, new associates, and the old environment and the new environment may not be congruent. So there are a variety of different challenges that people in the community college deal with. And so it's um, a great opportunity for us to really partner with them uh, and provide some resources and coping skills and different ways of thinking about things. Flynn, can you talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing as far as the young adults and this stage of the coronavirus and its impact on their mental health right now? Yeah, um, people are losing lives, right? They're losing their family members. They're losing people that, that mean a lot to them and still having to navigate 
their goals and their accomplishments and, and finding themselves in their future, right? In school, because assignments, you know, aren't stopping. You still have to progress. And it's really hard when you have to attend a service and then turn in a paper, you know, even if you get an extension, right? Oh, yeah. Like life doesn't stop. And so mm-hmm. that that's something that that is real. And then also for students who are in school, depending on their background, they can still be suffering from challenges in their home life, in their neighborhood, their environments while trying to navigate this new system. And so let's say you have family members that um, are gang members, right? And they're losing their lives that way. And you're trying to navigate who you wanna be in your future, who you're trying to be, but there are still things going on at home. you know, having to use your financial aid to pay bills at home because your family's impacted due to COVID. All of those things are are challenges that our students are facing while still trying to be present and learn. And it's a it's a tough balance because it's like you don't want to give up, right? And that's mm. where the resiliency factor comes in. That, that's just so beautiful with our culture is, is the resiliency. But you're sitting in class, you're navigating the school system, and then you're doing it on Zoom or on Teams, whatever platform your school's using, right? And you still have these struggles of, well, my family needs support. I'm losing people due to COVID. I'm losing people due to gang violence because shootings shootings have not stopped the the gang wars have not stopped and so it's a combination of all of those things and you're still trying to focus and study and move into this next chapter of your life and that mm-hmm. that creates anxiety right that creates trauma it creates stress um and that's what i'm seeing that our, our students are dealing with yeah absolutely you know what's fascinating about that let me turn to uh, stephen young and uh, casey phillips brown casey phillips brown first What's fascinating about that, they call it community college, right? They don't call the uh, the K through 12s community school. But the fact is these schools are positioned in communities where they are very much impacted uh, just as much as what is happening uh, in the community writ large. So Casey Phillips Brown, when we talk about what you do, and I know you work with students and uh, have private practice as well, uh, what are some of those overlaps that you can continue to build upon during this conversation as far as wraparound services? Or how much of these similar things are you seeing down there where you are in Southern California? Oh, uh, it's like the same place, I think, all the way across the country, right. across the world, that mostly um, everyone is in being impacted by this pandemic and the way our world is trying to function um, to deal with the problems that come up with it. So piggybacking on what Flynn was stating that the anxiety that our newer college students are, or even newer college graduates. I, I recently was speaking to someone who graduated wonderful grades and is sitting here like, okay, now what do I do? I have the pressure from my family. You know, I may be, you know, third generation to this country, but my family has created a strong legacy of education. Right now, I'm too stressed to focus on education. So Mm -hmm. you have people who have a lot of stress from their families who are actually feeling that they have to live up to what their expectations are, or they're literally just trying to survive this new way of living. So the pressure is coming from all around. And as you know, I do a lot of work with my book, Uh, We Just Said No, Treating ADHD Without Medication. Uh, yeah. with people who have uh, ADHD. So you're already having distractions. It's already difficult, you know, for you to be uh, focused on what you're doing. And then whenever you look, you're getting all this additional information. You're getting it, you know, whether it's positive or negative. So a lot of students are having a hard time just focusing on their schoolwork when they're too 
you have to look every few minutes to see what's happening on the news. Are we, what's going on with, we're getting mandated to do something. What's going on over here? Is somebody, is there an insurrection? So at this point in time, it's so important to really focus on keeping people in the here and in the now of Mm. what is going on now, what is accurate, what is true, and what can you deal with yourself and what you can't. What you can't. There's so much work that needs to be done on just helping to relieve some of the anxiety that our students are faced with at this time. Oh, it's it's an overdrive. Uh, Casey Phillips Brown, Stephen Young, Kyra, I'm coming back to you in just a second. But Stephen Young, you've been working in the community, too. And uh, brothers and sisters at different levels with this. uh, What can you tell us about what you've been seeing? Because you've been continuing to uh, make an impact in the community and uh, you've been seeing it from different sides of uh, people having freedom and versus people being incarcerated. I'm kind of spilling the beans on uh, your work a little bit, Stephen Young. So go ahead and unmute yourself. Uh, jump in the conversation, good brother. What can you tell us? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I'd like to just say, it's definitely a, an added stress at this time. Folks are, they're stressed out. We don't know what's gonna happen in the future. You know, every day's policies are changing, so. The students are coming back to school in certain districts. I know at the community college level, the students are still doing distance learning. And that takes a toll mm. on, on folks because they, you know, they become isolated. Um, yes. And that, you know, that isolation, that social isolation is not good for us. It's not good for our people because when we get in that state, you know, it, it, it just, it's like uh, pouring gasoline on anxiety and depression. So, oh, we want to be able to offer, you know, folks at the community college level, uh, some mental health services, you know, often young people that are going to community college might not have access to mental health services. So I feel like we're in a unique position to offer yeah. that to students that might not, not might not be thinking about it. Um, right. So as a group, I feel like this is a definitely um, we're mental health warriors and we're out here in the community trying to offer it. Absolutely. So, so there's a gap, there's a gap, especially in our communities and um, mm. we're here to fill that. So Dr. Moore, I'm coming back to you in just a second. Uh, Kyra, uh, let me see if I can get you back in. Uh, you had expressed an interest in working with this population in particular and uh, given what Steven and Flynn and Casey and Chase have said, um, what has taken so long for the focus to be shifted to this level of educator, uh, young adult? I'm not saying we're breaking new ground here, but there, there's, there seems to be a void. I'm gonna have Dr. Moore speak more about this, but Kyra, what can you tell us? Okay, so what I'm noticing is that people are more open. And so we're having these conversations, not only on these platforms um, as the podcast and different things on social media, but what I'm noticing is even on like Instagram, we have celebrities talking about um, their trials and tribulations. We have everyone being more aware um, that help is needed for all of us, you know, not in not in just our communities, but on the planet, right? And so more people are open to alternative ways of healing and different ways of, you know, quieting the mind and working on their bodies and their souls. So it's almost like a comprehensive approach of mind, body, and soul and yes. wellness. And now the doors are open for us to, you know, kick it open and say, we have a rich culture. We um, also work with healing. We also have things that we do um, that are deeply rooted in why we've been able to survive this long and why we keep thriving. 
Ooh, talk about that for a minute. So uh, Dr. Moore, she's not wrong, right? And what concerns me about that, this is so long overdue and so appropriate. It seems like this, it's almost a no brainer that this hasn't happened before now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to an amazing panel. Uh, I call these people, uh, and some of these members are interchangeable, but you, you, you know these people. I, I affectionately refer to them as the Mental Health Army. We have uh, the good sister, Kyra Christian, who you just heard from. Ahead of that, you heard from Casey Phillips-Brown. We also have Flynn Oshun on the line and the good brother, Mr. Stephen Young. And I'm swinging back to the good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. Uh, Dr. Moore, you ever heard of a one-hit wonder? Sometimes you know that something's gonna be around for a long time, have a long career after they drop that first hit. And then there's some you can just tell it's gonna just be here like a flash in the pan and then it's out. Uh, what makes this moment different? You know what I'm saying? In terms of its uh, potential to have longevity, to plant roots, that people now seem to be more committed to helping this population now more so than ever before. Can you talk about this moment a little bit, Dr. Chase Moore, and why this might be atypical in how we're approaching it this time? Well, I think it's because um, it's starting with uh, self-knowledge and the word Sankofa comes up, which is reaching back uh, to move forward. And I think this moment is definitely one that is here to stay because it is never left. I mean, uh, it's, it's just maybe been dormant or not been uh, acknowledged by the greater society, but we've always been able to heal ourselves. We've always been able to cope. We've always been able to spiritually tap in and we, you know, and understand people, uh, let alone ourselves. And so, you know, this is a unique opportunity because I feel like we've always needed to have these skills. Um, there are many people in the, co the culture and the community who have the skills of helping to heal people, building community, holding space, all of these words that are coming uh, out that, um, you know, are supporting people and different cultures are adopting. You know, these have been in our lexicon you know, since the beginning of time. And so right. this is really a unique opportunity for us as uh, African-American, Black, melanated healers uh, to take ownership of what is ours through our heritage, through, um, you know, just what we've been uh, forced to cultivate within ourselves because of our history here in America. And so this is sweat equity, as they say, in the real estate market where, you know, yeah. we, we've, uh, we've earned this um, right to support society in this way. And I'm excited to do the work because ultimately, you know, it is going to make us better people, a better, a better community, right? And so we're serving the community college and that's what it's going to take. Uh, oftentimes, you know, I, I get excited because really what we want to do is increase the functioning, the social emotional functioning of individuals and communities because I know we're all, you know, respectively healers and therapists, but we don't want people living therapist session to therapist session. That's not the model. Yeah. That's not the African model, right? That we want strong communities. We want, Absolutely. We want people to heal within those communities. And they're always going to be experts, whether you want to call them uh, therapists, psychologists, mental health professionals, whatever your title may be. But there's always historically been, you know, shaman and sangomas and people who uh, could guide the community and individuals in healing. And so um, this is, you know, more of a full circle than uh, a flash in a pan. So I I'm excited about it. Amen. Hey, that's what's up, man, because I, I, I love the way you phrased that because uh, ladies stand by. I'm going to come to Stephen Young next with this, actually, because. There, there seems to be this notion and you know when we talk about how stigmatized sometimes mental health is there's this notion that if i'm seeing someone in therapy 
uh, Chase Moore. That means, uh, one, something's wrong with me, something to be ashamed of, uh, and maybe it's something that I may not be too uh, akin to let people uh, aware of. Let them, you know, you don't want to let people know that you're, you're having some struggles in this area, but mental health, first of all, is nothing to be ashamed of. It's definitely something that's not going to exist in perpetuity because if you are meeking and working with your um, immediate service provider, you should be having some short-term goals uh, within the prism of more longer-term objectives. But I think the goal, Dr. Moore, before I go to Stephen Young, is eventual independence, right? Isn't that kind of what you're saying, Dr. Moore? Uh, of course, yeah. The goal is independence, and the goal is to be able to function within, within society and use the natural resources within the community um, to right. support yourselves. You know, uh, you know, the, the person who is good at uh, preparing food, making healthy food, so we're getting positive energy from the food. The person who is really into fitness, so you know, joining and patronizing these different institutions within the community, so that overall you're vibing at a higher level, you're healthier, um, and then. When you need to meet with, uh, you know, uh, one of the respective members of the mental health team or wherever you're at, your mental health army, that's that's perfectly fine because there's a skill set within that. And what I'm excited about, what I think, you know, all of these wonderful professionals um, are talking about and what they're doing in their own individual spaces is taking back the vocabulary, right? Naming and defining mm -hmm. these things. And I think what I've noticed is that because the words aren't ours per se, uh, right. PTSD, anxiety, depression, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, ADHD. These are terms where, you know, we are in these spaces now. We have these degrees so we can uh, break them down, make them our own. And now people may feel more comfortable um, validating that. Well, I guess, you know, I have been experiencing symptoms of this or that, but I think people don't adopt you know, things that maybe they feel they didn't create because we mm -hmm. have to acknowledge the history of what is considered mental health, um, meaning that mental health in terms of uh, our African culture was never isolated or separated from spirituality or just life in itself, right? right? Spirituality right. is our everyday reality. Right. And so mm -hmm. that it's not something where you compartmentalize it and, oh, how's your mental health? My mental health is uh, a, a smaller, you know, microcosm of my life. Right. And so right. I think there are some ways that we still have to influence mental health. And it's going to take uh, people like you have uh, gathered here on this panel to make it fit for us, because obviously, um, you know, the model hasn't been wholesale adopted. And um, when we're looking at serving people, you have to meet people where they are, right? You can't say, well, you would right. be helped if you would just buy in 100% to what I'm doing. I mm -hmm. think we have to be responsive uh, to the people we're serving as well. And make it palatable, right, Chase? Stephen Moore, uh, Lady Standby, I'm coming to you in just a second, but Stephen Young has done uh, some of that work just over the summer, Chase. Uh, Steve, can you jump in right there? Because he's talking about community involvement and making a full on uh, full-fisted investment into this and make it a community and a village and a, a full-on effort toward this. You've done some of that work this uh, summer and you've done it. Have you ever seen anything like this, uh, Stephen Young? Because like I said at the top, you've done this in other places outside of California. Anything remotely similar to this? Oh, yes. I think, you know, when you start to think about the community and um, just improving our environment around us, it starts with yourself and it starts with knowing yourself. So yeah, in the past, you know, I've, I've done some more, 
I guess those aren't types, uh, formal types of mental health workshops where we gather young people and we, we just look at our environment. We might plant a garden or we might, um, you know, clean up our community or we might go to our neighbor's house and help, help them. You know, when we give to others around us, it makes us feel better. When we're able to um, reshape our, our spaces and our community and improve the things around us, we feel better about ourselves. So that's mm. the kind of work that I've done in the past. It's not the traditional therapy type things, but I think it's very important to look at the whole person, like Chase said, and look at multiple different, um, you know, open your, we need to open ourselves up to multiple different avenues of how we come to healing and become healed whether it be spiritual or looking at our ancestors or looking at the folks who have come before us because our community has, has gone through a lot, but we've always had ways to, um, to heal. And um, most of those things are more non-traditional. And I think it's important that we start to break down the stigmas because um, our, our community, we kind of, in the past, we have not been open to some of these more traditional ways of, of therapy and mental health work. So yeah. I think there's some inroad to that. What we see uh, social media and some of the um, pop stars and stuff as they open up to what it, you know, ha- having therapy, I think it's, it's a, definitely an opportunity for the young people to jump on board. So Man. those are my Man. thoughts on it. Yeah, you said a word right there. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. Uh, we're joined by members of the Mental Health Army. That was the Good Brothers social worker Stephen Young. Before that, we heard from psychologist Dr. Chase Moore. Uh, we're about to turn next to our ladies on the panel. We have licensed clinical social worker Casey Phillips-Brown. We have the amazing clinical counselor Kyra Christian and the amazing Flynn Oshun, who's also a counselor as well as a social worker. So ladies, uh, if you look at your screen for a second, I'm going to throw y'all a curveball because I'm I'm going to have y'all, you probably want to jump in on what you just heard, but I want to show y'all all all something. And Chase and Steven, y'all can check this out too. This is completely impromptu, but that's how I do it. Uh, Check this out, y'all. I found this earlier today, and I want to get the ladies to kind of comment on this uh, for the ladies' side. Mental health in the black community, the black male community. uh, I'm not sure where these statistics come from. So ladies and gentlemen in the audience, please bear with me and indulge me for just a second. Uh, But it says here 11 percent of black men in 2020 recorded feeling like everything is an effort. Suicide rates are four times higher for black men than black women. Black men continue to underutilize mental health treatment. Underutilize it. And we can do a whole show, not just a segment on just these three things. So uh, while I'm able to show this audience, I know you can't see what we're looking at here, but I want to see if Flynn uh casey and kyra can comment on this from maybe the black woman's perspective um what do you think about these statistics in the black community uh let's go to uh kyra christian and what can you say and add to this in terms of what it may look like on the side of the black sisters or the sisters i'm sorry Uh, kyra christian then uh flynn oshun and our good sister casey phillips brown kyra what are your thoughts Well, you know, I'm always going to go to the light and the bright side of things is that the culture, we're making noise and we're talking about 
healing on a global level. And so what I'm noticing is I'm having more male clients call um, for therapy for themselves, for therapy for their partners. Um, they're starting to identify symptoms or Googling. They're saying, hey, this is what could be going on with me. And it's just having that space and being relatable for them to want to call. And so um, I see these stats, I read about them. I heard the stats about uh, young girls as well on the rise. And we're, we just need to get in there and just provide these spaces for uh, men and women to come talk about what is going on for them. And so I'm happy to, to know and to be a part of, you know, the stats of people actually coming in and men calling. And so I would say yeah. over the last couple of months, I've had more calls from African-American men than anyone. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Casey, stand by. Flynn Oshun, what are your thoughts? Thank you for bringing this image up. And I'm, it's, it saddens me that this is the case, uh, but it's, it's true that black men suffer in silence. I think black women, we we're more talkative, right? We we're okay with being open about our trauma or what we're going through. We're very vocal. I think black men have been conditioned just off the, the rip of being a male and then being a black male, um, because therapy historically is like, you know, that's white people stuff. That's for white people. Like, you right. know, but, and that, that's something, I don't know where the message has come from, but that's something that we really carry with us. And so I, I love that black men are starting to engage in the conversation and then actually seek out mental health services going to therapy because. I think we lost Flynn. Uh, hopefully that's only me freezing and not everyone else. Casey Flips Brown. No, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Everybody else probably heard you. Uh, my connection got a little unstable. Yes. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Flynn, finish your, say, repeat the last 20 seconds of what you just said before I turn to Casey Phyllis Brown. That I was saying that um, it's important for Black men to be able to call their friends and, and talk to them and talk to like their barber or, you know, their, their homeboy, but really being able to go to a therapist where you have a safe space where you can really unpack everything even if it's deemed to be like fragile or it's like well that's not what real men do or that's not you know like what we do in in our culture in the hood but to be able to unpack i'm having obsessive thoughts i'm having suicidal thoughts yeah. i'm having insecurities about this I'm, I'm suffering from ptsd i'm wanting to take my life those are things that are so sacred to to the individual and then i can only imagine black men not being able to really just you know talk about this and so to be able to have have a, a therapeutic space where they can go and the therapist is unbiased and rooted in only their success um, is powerful. And so I love that Black men are engaging in the conversation and we have to bring more awareness to it and continue to normalize the benefits of, um, of therapy. Absolutely. Casey Phillips-Brown, uh, before you chime in, I want to let the audience know minorityhealth.gov is where these stats stem from. Casey, remember how you were talking to us yesterday about anxiety and depression? And given that uh, a certain percentage of African-American men are already uh, sort of earmarked to being susceptible, susceptible that is, to a certain level of depression. Casey Phillips-Brown, what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so going back to what uh, Flynn was saying, uh, I appreciate the, uh, um, the, the, the thought of 
where are our young black men getting these messages from, right? And so we're taught early on, you don't cry, hold it in, stop being the girls, don't be wimpy, be man, be a man. And so that kind of sets up a system where you don't feel comfortable as a black male, uh, from what I understand from my clients, to speak up and to share your vulnerabilities, to talk to people about what's going on with you, right? So right. then we have the way of how do they maybe express the depression? Uh, you may women again we may cry more again like uh, you know they could mention talk to our friends but you the irritability so many people don't realize that a part of depression is the irritability that is shown whether it's cussing out people at work road rage coming home to your family yelling at them or being physically you know violent so some of those things be, are not just someone is a terrible person they may be going through a depressive episode and not even realizing it so with part of the work that i do is my sessions I, I do couples counseling and i make sure to always listen and that's going back to what uh Kyra was saying that i think black men don't feel heard and in the marriage it's very easy for a black man to kind of just get over talked by his woman no offense to the women out there but i know i'm an over talker and i know a lot of other over talkers and so sometimes they just sit and they keep it to themselves which may create more depression. So it's super important to talk about communication. I do a lot of work with I statements and saying when the woman starts to talk, I'll stop her in session. Hey, hold on one for one second. We want to give him a chance to be heard mm -hmm. and go back to what is it. And also, can you say your, can you say what you want from him in a way that he can hear you? Well. I feel when you, because what I like from you is this mm -hmm. saying it instead of you don't ever do that. So somebody hears that they're ready to shut down, especially men. They they get told what to do all day long. They don't want to hear that when they get home. They, can we talk? Can we communicate? Can you tell me how you feel? And then I'll know how to address it. So yeah, that there is a, I can see why the suicide rates may be increasing because if you're constantly feeling like you're not seen anywhere in this community, going back to, you know, Joy DeGru, Dr. Joy DeGru mm. and post-traumatic slave syndrome, you know, I'm gonna always bring that up. Always. Do, do I feel seen? And what happens if I don't feel seen? Do I feel, what's my self-worth? People focus so much on self-esteem. No, what is my self-worth? If I was to disappear from my community, my family, my home, my school, would it matter? And if someone mm. does not feel like they matter, then you do have that depression. And again, going back to what you're saying, the anxiety. So it's important for black men to feel seen, be heard, and that's what we're here to do for black men and women. Oh, well, thank you so much uh, for helping us to be able to facilitate this. Uh, we about to land this plane. So Stephen and Chase, I'm going to land with y'all. Uh, didn't give you a chance to comment on this statistic. And uh, generally, uh, before I go to Dr. Chase Moore, Stephen Young, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, definitely can relate to that uh, stat. It says one in four black men. What, what was it? Can I see it again? Yeah, here you go. Here you go right about here. Suicide rates are four times deep, higher huh? for black. Suicide rates are four times higher for black men than black women. Mm -hmm. That's just it's um, unfortunate that our society has decided to put um, a lot of folks in in prison. And um, yeah, see it. That's some of the work that I do. I go into the facility sometimes to to do groups and one on one with uh, some of the young men in the facilities. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's where a lot of the young men and black men end up um, that are struggling with uh, mental health concerns mm -hmm. and created the um, mass incarceration. Yeah. So that's yeah. My comment on that. Yeah, it's crazy because um, 
He's right, uh, Dr. Moore. I saw even the other day there's uh, a growing opioid crisis now in the black community. Now, it was when it was running rampant in the white community, they, of course, approached it quite differently. It wasn't um, dealt with in terms of incarceration, but rather treatment. And so, uh, of course, you know, our people are not devoid and uh, absolved from needing that care and concern and outreach as well. So, uh, Dr. Chase Moore, uh, I'm going to land with you, good brother. Uh, what are your thoughts on this stat? And then let's let's wrap it up and talk generally about this amazing uh, opportunity that we're affronted with right now. Dr. Chase Moore, your thoughts? Yeah, no, <clears throat> my thoughts on it are that I'm, I'm thankful that we have so many professionals and perspectives, the panel who can work with the challenge from a variety of different ways, because I, I agree with everyone who spoke. And, you know, when I kind of uh, extrapolate out, what I see is that people can only be as healthy as the environment they're in, right? And so the many of the challenges that, you know, and when we're talking about black men, because that's what you posted, um, those things are historical, right? And we, and, um, Casey brought up post-traumatic slavery sy uh, syndrome by Dr. Uh, uh, DeGruy. And so all of that is, you know, work that we have to unpack. And so for, for me, my perspective is when we, you know, start to do the work, like Stephen said, of building a healthy community, um, you know, working to clean up our, our, our streets or um, giving men the skill set and women the skill set to communicate with each other in relationships, as well as uh, creating more jobs. Um, all those things are important, you know, so when we talk about mental health, you cannot talk about it separate from job creation, separate from uh, increasing the, you know, uh, relationship skills, separate from empowering people spiritually, separate from all of these things, because mental health is a term that I think um, America has kind of uh, focused on and, and really uh, targeted, but it is just one aspect of someone's overall life. And so um, right. what I'm what I'm happy about is we have the opportunity because we're doing this as a team, as an army, to really come in and affect multiple facets of people's lives because all of it is important. And yes. what we um, the goal is to uh, increase you know, what we consider mental health and wellness, increase what we consider to be therapeutic. Now, therapy is one thing, but anything could be therapeutic. Going on a walk, being mindful of the power of nature. And this is where we start to bring in some of our indigenous forms of healing is being in nature, um, you know, meditation, mindfulness, uh, mindful eating, all these terms that we see now in science uh, literature, these are all things that have, uh, you know, started with us. And so, right. you know, we want to embrace that. And we also want to embrace the fact that we know when we're talking about black men or black women, um, the stress and the stressors, you know, come from life. And so it's our job to really support them in being able to cope with and actively change their environment. Yes. Because, if, you know, if you could have the best therapist in the world, but if you're still, you know, um, not advocating for yourself or you, you know, you're still not doing certain things, it's going to be for not. So um, it's great to have people who are willing to support people in affecting change in their life that will ultimately uh, make them healthier people, healthier community members and healthy partners for the people they're with. Absolutely. You know what? Uh, you couldn't have landed that plane any better. You stuck the landing. Uh, you ever heard of Silk Sonic? Anybody on this call, have you ever heard of Silk Sonic? That's the do what 
team between Bruno Mars and uh, Anderson Pac. Man, every time they drop a tune, Chase, it's a classic. And uh, one of the tunes they dropped was uh, Leave the Door Open. I think they just won a, a music award for that. But uh, I'm making this corny reference because you are leaving the door open for us, good brother. Dr. Chase Moore, you're in position right now um, as director of mental health. Uh, I just want to salute you for your accomplishments and what you've done for this team on this call right here. Uh, you're an amazing beacon of light for all of us, and we can't thank you enough, man. Uh, final thoughts from you. I want to give Casey a real quick minute, real quick, because we're almost out of time, real quick minute to plug her book, because I always think it's so relevant. And uh, Dr. Chase Moore, land the plane one more time again. You, you did it so well already. But uh, tell us about your book before we let you go, and uh, final thoughts. Yes, I appreciate it. Uh, my book is The Emotion, The Tree and Me, How to um, Talk to Your Kids About Mental Health and Wellness. And again, it's just important because we all have family members, friends, and it's important. Life is not going to be you know, perfect. There are many people with risk factors, depending on where you're from. But when you talk about those risk, risk factors, that becomes just, uh, you know, um, strength for you right and it becomes a ladder that you can climb you can use those experiences so it's a, you know i recommend it for any parents or people who work with children um and right. you know ultimately the thanks is all here with me um i truly believe that you play a position and you know at different times on life's paths you will be in different positions and so at this particular time i'm in a position to where i can uh, bring to light this excellent talent represented on this call and i'm going to do that to the best of my ability because I am thankful for you all. Um, and I know in the African way that when someone else, you know, is in position, we'll do the same thing. That's how you climb upward. So the thanks is all here. And I definitely recognize, appreciate, right. and honor the work that you've all done to be in this position to receive whatever it is that is coming uh, for you all. Oh, well, God bless you, brother. You're, you're certainly leading by example. You're lifting while you're climbing. I, for one, can't thank you enough. Thank you, good brother. That's Dr. Chase Moore. Casey Phillips Brown also has a book out there. Casey Phillips Brown, please tell us about this amazing project you've put out there. Thank you so much, Roman. Again, I agree. Thank you for bringing all of us together with these amazing psychologists, social workers, clinical social workers, as well as marriage and family therapists. So my book is We Just Said No, Treating ADHD Without Medication. And it really focuses on um, increasing focus and, de uh, and uplifting and promoting and increasing positive mood. So it's not just for children. Uh, there are adults with ADHD, as we know. Well, as we and know. Definitely <laughs> college students can benefit from it talks about diet changing and which uh, alternative uh, medicine and uh, services that you could utilize that can help you with your focus and your mood. So it can be found on Amazon and on Instagram. Hashtag we just said no the book. Ooh. That's some beautiful stuff right there. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, some amazing resources right here from this team right here. We just said no is available right now, as well as the emotion, the tree and me. Uh, Casey Phillips Brown, you're an amazing talent. Thank you so much for being here. Kyra, Flynn, Stephen Young, you know we got your back. Thank you so much for being here. Continued success to you. Look forward to collaborating with you all again in the very near to come future. Mental Health Army, y'all. Well, that's our show, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and you know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to thank our very special guests for the evening, Lori Peacock, Jeffrey Keller, Flynn Oshun, K. 
Casey Phillips Brown, Kyra Christian, Stephen Young, and the inimitable good brother Dr. Chase Moore. Also want to send a very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care.